Hey, Pam. Hey, Jim. Have you ever had your dog, like, disappear? Like, he's there one minute, and then boom, gone. Yeah, I have, and it's terrifying, especially because I live near a very busy street. You feel that sinking feeling like, oh my god, I don't know what to do. Well, it turns out that there are real-life pet detectives, just like Ace Ventura pet detectives. There are real (laughs) pet detectives, and we're going to talk with one today. Yeah, her name is Jamie Katz, and she is in Florida, but she helps pet owners all over the country. Most of my cases come in, my dog was stolen, but only three to four percent of my cases I've actually had in the last seven years, which is like a little bit more than 700, have actually been stolen. That is in our first segment. In our second segment, we travel to Hong Kong and we speak with filmmaker Elizabeth Lowe, who has a new film out called Stray. It captures the stray dogs on the streets of Istanbul, Turkey. It is a beautiful, poignant film told from the perspective of these dogs. There are 130,000 free roaming dogs in Istanbul. And that's because there are laws that protect them. And then later on in the show, we learn about a new video game release that dog lovers are going to absolutely love. Have you seen uh, these stock photos of dogs before, Jim, on the internet? (laughs) Never. Everywhere (laughs) you see the same golden retriever, the same beagle. Yes, in advertising and everywhere. Yeah. Well, this video game uses these stock photos to add a layer of comedy into this game. And it's just fantastic. It's a game about a world that fundamentally cares about you at all times, because that's what dogs do. So if you love dogs as much as we do, pause what you're doing, leash up your pup, and let's take a walk. We've got a lot to talk about on today's episode of Dog Edition. Hey, Pepper, want to go for a walk? Let's imagine for a moment that my dog Pepper went missing. I'm panicked. I'm not thinking straight. I need help. I called Jamie Katz, a licensed private investigator who specializes in finding missing pets. Here's how that first conversation would go. How old is Pepper? He's uh, nine. Okay. And is Pepper neutered? Yes. Okay. And what kind of dog is he? He's a Cavalier King Charles Spaniel. All right. And, uh, okay, how much does he weigh? Close to 20 pounds. Okay. And is this the first time that Pepper's gone missing? Yes. Okay. Has he ever wandered off even for five minutes before? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. What, how long, what's the longest that he's wandered off before he's come back himself? Just a couple of minutes. Okay. Have you ever had a neighbor bring him back to you? No. No. The neighbor never called and said, hey, I think I see your dog? Yeah. <laughs> they have. <laughs> okay. See? And so this is why I ask the questions the way I do, though, because... You don't think of certain things like, has anybody ever found your dog? No. Has anybody ever called to say, hey, I see your dog? Go ahead, tell me what happened. So I told her the rest of the story, and she asked a lot more questions about Pepper's habits and personality. After profiling the case, Jamie determined that what she calls an off-location awareness campaign would be the best course of action to find Pepper. The way that works is that I make you a sign. It's an 11 by 17. It's colored, laminated, weatherproof, waterproof. Jamie would map out exactly where to put the signs for maximum exposure. She has clients all over the country. It's not something she has to be local to do. You hang the signs exactly as she instructs you to. 
And the way that I map it, I'm going to make it so that it's impossible for anybody to come into a certain mile radius of where their pet went missing from and not have to see a sign. And if a case profile calls for more than the awareness campaign and you're in or around the Florida area where Jamie is based out of, she puts her scent-specific tracking dogs to work. She has two of them. So what does that mean? Ah, okay, good question. So that means that she'll bring the dogs in if it's a more complicated or complex case where a scent-specific dog would come in handy and be able to then follow uh, follow a track. Like, say maybe your dog is just sort of lost in the neighborhood. Not something that... It's maybe not a situation where somebody snatched your dog, put it in a car, and drove off. Although in that case, a scent-specific dog might be able to lead you to a point where the trail ends. The scent I give to them is the only scent they're going to follow. I start um, cases with the scent article of that pet. So that that means it needs to be 100% only that pet. So a scent object for the pet, I guess that would be like the pet's bed or its favorite toy? Yeah, something like that. But it has to be something that only that dog touched. If you touched it or another pet in the household touched it, it's going to throw her scent-specific tracking dogs off. So it gets a little hard. You have I was going to say, like, even if I, so if I pick up the, if I only have one dog and I pick up its bed and give it to her, then I have now tainted, damaged the integrity of the scent. So what is a possible scent related thing that only a dog would have? Maybe they've, maybe they have a favorite blanket. Maybe they have a favorite toy. But you can't touch it. Well, you can pick it up with a a bag. Like you pick up the poop. (laughs) I think, okay, so this could be like a whole, like really the FBI coming in and and, and using tweezers and putting it in an evidence bag. Yes, yes. Remember, she is a licensed private investigator. There's a method to Ace Ventura's madness. Yes, yes. And rules to follow, a procedure. There's a procedure to follow. Um, Now, remember, this was all made up as an example. Pepper is completely fine. He's sitting right here next to me. Yeah, he's fine. He does get out occasionally. But Jamie shared the details of a real case she recently solved. Jim, do you want to you want to tell the story? You want to take it from here? Well, it all began with a phone call from a woman who had just spent three months in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and was now back home in Portland, Oregon. She hired a transport company to transport her dog from Fort Lauderdale back to Portland, Oregon. It was the same company the woman had used to bring her dog from Oregon to Florida in the first place. A company uses and allows third-party drivers to bid for jobs. The winning bidder was only $575, which is kind of crazy because that that wouldn't cover gas. So you would think something in that kind of situation, it would be somebody who, you know, is transporting multiple things, multiple items, whatever the case is, because you have to make money, and that 575 is not going to make money. The woman had spent $900 to bring the dog from Portland to Florida in the first place, so 575 seemed like a low number, and that was a red flag for Jamie. He picked up at 9 a.m. Saturday. He was going to be in Portland, Oregon by 2 p.m. on Tuesday. He wanted the money up front. She gave it to him. She gave him 575. She took a picture of his license. She took a picture of his car and his license plate. Thank God, because if not, that you, we would have had nothing. Early Sunday, 
The woman texted the driver for an update. And he said, well, I just picked up another puppy, uh, another pit bull puppy, and they get along great. And he sent a photo of both dogs. She was a little suspicious and pressed for more information. And then he stopped responding. And then finally, she got a text from him Sunday night. And it said, I lost my phone while walking the dogs. It's been a crazy, crazy day. The weather's horrible. And I had to get an iPad. He said, I will call you in a half an hour from another phone. He has to get a phone. He said, I'm in Missouri. Guess what? He never called again. Monday went by, never called. Uh, Tuesday went by. So she called me on day six of him, you know, completely gone. And when she called me, I swear I was like, oh my God. I'm like, how am I going to help this girl? I like this dog could be literally anywhere from Fort Lauderdale to Portland, Oregon. This is crazy. My thoughts were, I have to find this person, but in order for me to find this person, I have to be able to, you know, find somebody who knows him or who's related to him. If I just call you and say, hi, this is private investigator Jamie Katz, you know, you're likely to hang up on me. So we do the background and um, this guys he's just like a gypsy, like a drifter, like, I mean, he's got a million phone numbers. He has a million addresses. He's lived everywhere. Just there's so much under him and there, you know, it's okay. Well, let, let's just start. Jamie called the numbers. No luck. She turned to social media. I, he's not on Facebook. He's, you know, he's not anywhere on social media. And he, he's got a background. You know, he's got, uh, he's got felonies, stuff like that. So Jamie started sending messages to people she thought might know him or be related to him. Somebody texts back and it says, yes, that's my brother. And I'm not surprised that he did this to you because I get calls, I get emails, I get messages from around the country about things that he's done wrong and who and who's he scamming this time and what trouble he's in. And so that was just, ugh, that was one of those. <sighs> the sister had not spoken to her brother in years, but she loved dogs and sympathized with Jamie's client. She agreed to help. She would send an email to her brother. Within a few hours, she wrote back and she said, okay, he responded. And he's in North Carolina and he said the dog is fine. He has the dog. The dog's okay. This was incredible and surprising news because Jamie thought the dog, who was a five-month-old puppy, would have been sold by this point. Now I'm thinking, well, how do we really know he has the dog? So I asked the sister, can you please ask him to take a pen and paper and write, I'm okay, I'm safe, and hold it up in front of the dog and take a photo. Within 10 minutes, she sent the photo. I'm like, with the dog. I'm like, oh my God, the dog's alive. Oh my God. This is real gumshoe detective work. He also wrote a lengthy explanation of what had happened. Uh, not avoiding you. In absolute hell. Sister emailed me. Kodak is good. Have broke down. Been assaulted. And the phone stolen. Call 
called 911. I'm sorry. I can't log in to the pet have site. Not had your I've number. I'm driving back to you because I remember where that I'm sorry. is. Sorry, I'm not a pet napper. Believe me. Sorry, it's returned to sender. Believe Laugh out me. loud. It's been an effing nightmare. I have enough for another tank of gas. So there's an explanation for what's been going on. But Jamie is not impressed. She sends a message imploring the guy to pull over, stop, find a police station, find a fire station, anything to to, to make sure that Kodak is, in fact, safe. Within, I want to say, 15 minutes of that, I got a phone call from a 24-hour vet, and they said, this guy just came in, he, he left this dog here and gave me these phone number. And I was like, I'm like, I cannot believe it. I cannot believe he did it. He did it. He pulled over. He went to a vet. I don't care what it was. He did it. Then Kodak's owner flew to North Carolina to be reunited with her dog. Case closed. A happy ending. Done and over. Crazy, crazy, crazy case. That's just happened. So. Yeah, that, that just happened last week, and Jamie's phone notifications were pinging throughout the entire interview with her That I, when I was talking to her. There's absolutely no shortage of work for her. Wow. Well, we're going to take a quick break. I want to make sure my dog's right here. And when we come back, we will journey to Istanbul, Turkey with filmmaker Elizabeth Lowe. You're listening to Dog Edition. And now, a message from your dog. Every day with you is like a day at the beach, and I want as many beach days as possible. I want to run and sniff and find a good stick to carry. I want to walk with you, run with you, sleep with you, eat with you. And when I eat with you, I want Everpup. It infuses any food you give me with health and life and vibrancy. I can feel it. It's a strange thing to do, sprinkle this powder on my food, but I wouldn't have it any other way. My time with you is precious and irreplaceable, and I'm thrilled to be with you for as long as possible. Here's to puppy playtime and senior snoozes. (laughs) No matter how old I get, I want my ever pup. It just makes me feel good in this life. And the next, and the next, and the next. I am so grateful to be your dog and for the ever pup you give me. So now that you know what your dog wants, get Everpup, the ultimate dog supplement. Everpup is available in select pet shops and on Amazon. But to get the best price possible, join the Everpup Club at everpupclub.com, where you'll get your first jar for just $8 with free shipping anywhere in the U.S. Go to everpupclub.com and use the discount code DPN. That is everpupclub.com. Everpup every day. When you think of Istanbul, you think of amazing mosques and, and bazaars and the Bosporus River. And you also think of dogs. And dogs have been there for centuries. Mark Twain wrote about it in 1867, where he said, the dogs sleep on the streets all over the city. They would not move even though the Sultan himself passed by. Well, in 2004, several laws were enacted that were meant to protect these stray dogs. Filmmaker Elizabeth Lowe has come out with a new movie called Stray, 
that captures life on the streets for these dogs. Uh, you're not allowed to kill any healthy stray dog or euthanize them. The government isn't allowed to. Um, and you're not even allowed to hold any healthy stray dog in captivity. Um, so their shelters are only filled with sick dogs or dogs who can't survive on their own on the streets. The people of Istanbul are very kind to these dogs. And as a result, the strays are well socialized and savvy when it comes to navigating things like crowded sidewalks. They're fully integrated into the urban fabric and they're unconcerned with things like cars and traffic. Um, and they just live among people and they're very well fed because the government has feeding stations for them throughout the city and also people feed them every day. The daily search for food is a central theme in the film and one that connects dogs and people. And for Elizabeth, this project came from a very personal place. Uh, my own dog had passed away um, and I remember suppressing my grief at his passing because he wasn't a human family member. And that really made me question who has value and who is considered not to have value. And that is what led Elizabeth to make a film about the absolute value that other beings have, demonstrated through the lives of three stray dogs living in the streets of Istanbul. We were searching for dogs that had interesting lives and also were at ease in front of the camera. And one day, Zeynep, uh, my Turkish co-producer, and I were wandering through a really busy underground tunnel Suddenly, two huge dogs streaked past them. They watched as the dogs weaved in and out of people's legs in a rush to get to where they were going. And that really intrigued us because we thought, where could um, these stray dogs be going? They don't have owners, they don't have jobs. <laughs> Why are they in such a rush? So Elizabeth followed the dogs. And they ended up being on the heels of the young Syrian men who they have an on and off again relationship with in the film. The protagonist of the film is a yellow dog named Zayton, a Labrador something mix. Joining her are Nazar, a dark and sturdy looking dog, and their friend, a little puppy, Kartal. And the movie is shot totally from the perspective of the dogs. If you're gonna make a film about dogs and you want audiences to empathize with their point of view, and see the world through their eyes. You kind of have to be at their eye level. And um, I think because I was following dogs around and telling people that we encountered, because these dogs, they eavesdrop on people's conversations throughout the film. Um, once we told people that we were filming what dogs see and hear, everyone's guards were down and they allowed us, allowed us into their private lives in a way. And when you hear those snippets of conversation and get those glimpses into the lives of the people living in Istanbul, this film becomes a critical observation of our own humanity. The filmmaker narrows our focus by introducing us to three young men, immigrants from Aleppo, Syria, who are living on the streets and in abandoned buildings alongside the dogs. I could really tell that the young men saw in these street dogs a sense of belonging and home and a makeshift family unit that they were building together. So sort of like they had this pack in the streets of Istanbul in a country not their own that they were trying to settle down in and have to spend many nights on the streets in. And I think that speaks to a very primal 
coexistence that we have with dogs in our greatest times of need. They give us warmth. They give us a sense of non-judgment. If we're good to them, they're good to us. This film has no narration, no interviews in it, but from time to time, the dog's point of view stops and you see a title card with a deep and profound message from an ancient philosopher named Diogenes. Who is this Greek philosopher from thousands of years ago who, who was born in the land of modern day Turkey. And he models his philosophy around the lives of stray dogs. He believed that if you watched and observed stray dogs who were apart yet, yet a part of human society um, without wealth, work, property, or marriage, or all the things that we cling to as humans that are important, that they were able to look at human humanity with a truly objective eye, um, because they're sort of half in and half out of human society. Stray is a beautiful film with a beautiful message. I so enjoyed watching it. It's getting some rave reviews now and is nominated for several awards. You can watch it on your favorite streaming service. Well, I know what I'm going to do tonight. I think this is something you will actually, that you're, I know that your dogs don't necessarily like watching TV. Kanga, who's like yours, actually really got into this film because it is told through the perspective of a dog. And, and it's over the shoulder a lot. And, and after a few minutes, they like totally sat, settled down and really enjoyed this film. So this is a film you can actually watch with your dog and you won't cry. I promise, Pam. <laughs> Thank goodness. I cannot I cannot watch movies that make me cry. <laughs> I am um, I'm definitely all right, that's it. You've you've convinced me I'm gonna watch this movie tonight. Normally maybe I would have sat down in front of, you know, uh, a video game like Mario Kart or something like that, but but tonight I'm gonna I'm gonna watch uh, this movie. Do you do you play video games? I do not play video games. The only video game the probably truly the last video game I played was Pac-Man. So no. <laughs> Ms. Pac-Man or Pac-Man? There's a difference. Uh-oh. I, I believe the original. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think I think I maybe found a game that we can both enjoy. Oh, yeah? You're in an airport, an alien airport run by stock photo dogs, and your fiancé is in another airport across the galaxy. So you get a ticket. 50 tickets if you want. And to use your ticket, you need to find your gate. You're surrounded by a language that you don't understand. But you do understand dogs. You pet dogs. You pet every dog at every time with infinite hands because you can. You take infinite amounts of money out of the ATMs because dogs don't care about money. They just want everyone to be happy. Isn't that the truth? The game was developed by award-winning narrative director Salavir Nelson Jr. You might know me from my work in indie games, including Hypnospace Outlaw. Rains Beyond, Skatebird, uh, The Airport for Aliens, currently run by dogs, which we were discussing today. That's it. The Airport for Aliens, currently run by dogs. It looks super rad. We're going to try this out. Zalavir describes it as a game about simulated airports run by stock photo dogs across a universe of empathy and unapologetic joy. Here's what he says. You are one of the last two human beings left in the universe after a series of mysterious happenings. Uh, you and your fiance, and you are finding opportunities to meet each other across galaxies of transit. Uh, and yeah, find time to support and love 
the people you care about uh, in a healthy long distance relationship while solving the absurd problems of the stock photo dogs that you meet uh, who are all living their own lives with uh, their own existential and mundane complexities. And much of that unapologetic joy comes from players' interaction with these stock photo dogs. But why stock photo dogs? As a joke to myself, to represent the receptionists who you get tickets from to go to your gate, I threw in a public domain stock photo of a black and white Jack Russell Terrier. Zalavir was working in-engine on the game for the first time, meaning working within the game software alongside his collaborators, which can get kind of tricky. I didn't quite get how the scale uh, of a human being to uh, a Jack Russell Terrier. So the next thing I know, I am confronted by an eight-foot-tall black-and-white photo of a Jack Russell Terrier towering over me asking if I want a ticket to Uranus. And at that moment, I had a choice. Do I make this existential, in many ways, uh, tragic and human game about being alone and human in a universe of alien airports, or do I make, or do I embed that same story within a joyful universe unabashedly run by stock photo dogs? Do I make something that is deeply and inherently weird and loving? Uh, And I chose the second route and I've never looked back. And I think you made the right choice. The dogs in the game have complex and deep personalities that Zalavir based sometimes on the breed and sometimes on the pose the dog was in in the stock photo. One dog really wants an umbrella because their owner, once upon a time, threw a uh, ball for them. But when they ran after the ball, they turned around and realized the owner was still holding the ball. And this has given them a deep-seated distrust and paranoia of the world itself. You have to get this dog an umbrella. And this that entire root of the character came from this stock photo I had seen in the public domain of a dog looking very pensive off in the distance next to a little, uh, next to its house in this wood. And in a similar way, when you have a pug who doesn't have a great sense of smell or a uh, incredibly excitable beagle or a very responsible golden retriever, you get the opportunity to examine the heightened characteristics of humans through the prism of what dogs mean to us. World building this space for dogs and giving them their personalities within the game led to an unexpected epiphany about dogs outside the game. Dogs are these joyful projections of enthusiasm into a complicated world. So uh, liking dogs, even having grown up with dogs, um, and having sometimes been sort of tragically separated from dogs I loved, and getting a, a, a new perspective from which to understand and care about them uh, unexpectedly changed the, uh, the way I even saw my own pet owning habits. I, I would identify as a cat person, but uh, 
let me tell you, we have a new member of the family. Um, and his name is Alfred, and he's a poodle, and he's adorable. And that I, I'm confident that that wouldn't have happened without this game. And Zalavir just announced some really exciting news last week. It's coming out May 25th, uh, 2021, on... PC via Steam and on Xbox Series X and S. It's a next-gen console exclusive, despite being about stock photo dogs. So you have to wait until May to meet all the dogs running the airport for aliens. Gosh, is life better with a dog in it? We couldn't agree more. I guess I can save my quarters to play that game. I need to learn how to use whatever that is. Get yourself an Xbox. Okay, okay. Pam, are you a video gamer? I can find my way around uh, a few games. That is cool. I, I didn't know that about you. We learn new things every episode of Dog <laughs> Edition. Wow, that's cool. I want to thank you for bringing Dog Edition along with you on your walk today. We will be back with another episode. But chances are, if you and your dog will be taking a walk between now and then, we have something else for you to listen to. If you're interested in hearing more from some of our guests, please check out DPN's sister show, The Long Leash, for Jim's extended conversations. You can find The Long Leash in your podcast app of choice, or you can go to the direct URL for that podcast, which is longleashshow.com. And while we're talking about apps, don't forget to follow or subscribe, whatever you want to call it. We'll call it follow because that's the new thing. Follow us in your favorite podcast app so that you can hear our next episode. When I take a drive up to Northern California to meet some hardworking truffle hunting dogs at the Alexander Valley Truffle Company. We'll have that story and more. Dog Podcast Network is for dog lovers by dog lovers, and that means we want to hear from you. Visit the show's website at dogedition.com. There is a button at the bottom right of every episode page so that you can easily leave us a voicemail and share your stories with us. Or you can call our listener line the phone number to do that is 1-866-TALK-DOG. That's T-A-L-K-DOG, 1-866-TALK-DOG. You can also check the show notes for links and information about the guests on today's episode. We are looking for correspondence as we grow Dog Podcast Network. And so if you are a content producer or a journalist or a podcaster or an audio storyteller who loves dogs, check out our 101 Dog Stories contest with over $15,000 in prize money. And please join our pack. Be sure to follow Dog Edition in your favorite podcast app and tell a friend about the show. I'm Pamela Lawrence, and I'll see you at the dog park. I'm James Jacobson. I want to thank you for listening today. On behalf of all of us here at Dog Podcast Network, we wish you and your dog a very warm aloha. Is artificial intelligence going to change veterinary medicine? Well, it already has. Right now, on Dog Cancer Answers, we're speaking with Dr. Kelly Deal of Morris Animal Foundation about how AI is impacting veterinary research and the practice of medicine itself. That's on Dog Cancer Answers. Get it wherever you get your podcasts or at dogcancer.com slash podcast.